This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. The mayor is calling it Vision Zero 2.0. You'll recall when I was talking to him several months ago, he admitted that Vision Zero 1.0 was not working. And after gathering details about the 41 fatalities last year, this tweaked plan is what he's come up with. A key finding is that 16 of the 41 tragic deaths happened in Scarborough. And a big problem is the distance between lights on the large arterial roads. So you have to walk about six minutes to get to the light in some spots and then six minutes back. And that's not really feasible for people with limited mobility or with small kids, especially in the dead of winter. And that's why people cross mid-block where it is dangerous. So One suggestion is more mid-road crosswalks. I think that's a no-brainer. What do you think? The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. There are a bunch of other proposals, including lowering speed limits, more red light cameras. Councillor Brad Bradford from Ward 19, Beaches East York, has a planning background, and he's also come up with a schematic of what the streetscape will look like and how it would work. And there's even going to be a pop-up uh, coming up uh, sometime soon. So uh, the numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And right now, let's go to Councillor Brad Bradford. Hi there. Hi, Libby. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for coming on. So uh, I'm. were you involved in coming up with the 2.0 version? It's something that a lot of us uh, at Council have been having conversations about. Um, certainly when we got the results back from the, the study that the mayor had brought forward uh, with Scarborough, you know, the evidence and the data is there. We know that uh, there's more that we need to do with Vision Zero, and that's why they accelerated uh, investments in the last term, and we have a plan over the next five years. I think the Vision Zero 2.0 is really a response to the data and the information that we got back from the Scarborough study, seeing exactly what you were talking about, those long distances between crossings, uh, the um, the additional risks to seniors in our communities, some of those wide arterial roads with higher speeds, and uh, you know the, the 41 fatalities uh, that we had last year. Okay, well, what does it take to put up one of those mid-street uh, crossings? Does it take a long time? Does it cost a lot of money? Or is it no big deal? It's, uh, well, it's something different, right? And, and we are in a big bureaucratic organization here at City Hall. Uh, so all of these things uh, are, are things that need to be worked through. It, it requires changes to bylaws. Um, it's something that has to be done in consultation with the community, of course, Transportation Services, uh, Toronto Police. Um, a lot of people need to be involved. But I think it's something that the mayor uh, and city council is very committed to. And, and frankly, when we look at the information, when we look at the data, we know that uh, there's a lot of 
kilometer lanes in Toronto where this would make a lot of sense and hopefully would save lives. Okay. Again, uh, do you not have a sense of, say, how much it costs? I don't have a sense of how much it costs off the top of my head here, no, per per mid-block crossing. But, uh, you know, I think it's something that we do have $109 million uh, committed to Vision Zero over the next five years, 2017 to 2021. So there is budget in there to uh, to be deploying these, these measures across the city. You know, uh, it kind of seems like a no-brainer. Didn't, this didn't occur to anyone beforehand? Well, I think it was part of the um, the original plan uh, of Vision Zero, but really this is an evidence-based pragmatic approach, um, and we are looking at where we need to make those strategic interventions, where we're having the highest rates of, uh, of collisions, where fatalities have occurred in Toronto, and we are responding directly to that. So as you identified, uh, and as the report speaks to, Scarborough uh, experiences a disproportionately high uh, numbers of collisions. Uh, um, you know, that's in nature to the, the road design that's existing there uh, and, and, you know, some of those longer distances between protected crossings. So when we got the, the study back and that information, Vision Zero 2.0 is really responding directly to that and making sure that we're going to be making those, uh, those interventions and invest- investments where, uh, where they're going to have the biggest benefit. Now, he's also talked about lowering speed limits. Of course, this is an issue. There are a lot of road safety advocates who say, hey, in the city, it should be 30 kilometers an hour everywhere. We have different speed limits here. Uh, I don't think anyone is thinking of reducing the speed on those arterial roads where these are a problem. So uh, what is the thinking on that? Well, I think that there is good, again, back to the evidence, back to the data. Um, we know that each 10, 10 kilometer per hour increment uh, makes a big difference in the chances of uh, an individual's survival rate, pedestrian survival rate with a collision with a vehicle. So it is something that we have to look at. And Vision Zero 2.0 will be focusing on that. Uh, there, you know, we will be looking at speed limit reductions across the city where it makes sense. Um, you know, some of our arterial roads, of course, are 60 kilometers an hour, uh, and your chance of survival rate uh, plummets significantly at 60 kilometers an hour uh, above and beyond, say, 50 or 40 kilometers an hour. So it's something that we're looking at, but it is a case-by-case basis. Uh, and the photo radar will be, you know, a big part of that as well. Now, that's something that Vision Zero 2.0 is calling for. Uh, our work continues with the province um, and, and really trying to finalize provincial regulations for photo radar to be deployed in Toronto. We, of course, started piloting that, um, and what we found is, is some of the, the speeds that are taking place on our streets are, are crazy. Um, you yeah, know, let's, I think- uh, let's go over some of those. I think it was somebody was clocked at 200 clicks an hour on Renforth yeah. and 147 on Queen Street somewhere. I mean, I, you know, from when I'm on those roads, I don't even know how you could. Well, that that's exactly it. Like, we all, you know, I, I drive uh, as well, and, and you can sit in traffic on rush hour, and you're like, how, how is that possible? possible. Um, but I think it's it's in those hours where there is uh, less of the congestion, you know, the streets do open up and you've got these wide arterial roads later in the evening, perhaps early in the morning. Um, and, you know, you don't have a mid-block crossing. And when it looks like a highway, sometimes people tend to drive like a highway on it. So 
yeah, you saw speeds over 200 kilometers, 150k on Wilson, uh, 130k on Dufferin. Like these, it's all over the city. It's it's not one one area or the other. But the fact that we have this technology in place um, now, we're having the information, and uh, and it's been shocking. So we need to respond to that, and we're working with the province to make sure that uh, we can have the regulations in place to have photo radar deployed uh, across Toronto. Across Toronto, as opposed to just in school zones. Uh, I want to get to some callers because uh, <laughs> there is an issue that, you know, every time I bring it up, people bring up the responsibility of pedestrians, and that is usually poo-pooed. We're going to get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But I know that, uh, and I've had the conversation with him, the mayor talks about bad behavior on the part of drivers who uh, turn on red lights in certain circumstances, treat them as a yellow. But I have to say that another thing that I find when I'm just driving around town, and I don't drive that much, is that there are a lot of places where there are legal left turns, uh, but there is no way to turn on a light. It mm-hmm. just isn't going to happen. So wouldn't it be better to, you know, allow for drivers to give them an opportunity either with an advance, uh, an advance green that lasts maybe longer mm-hmm. than 10 seconds or just blame bad behavior on drivers? Well, I, I, I don't think it's ever helpful to, to blame any parties involved. We need solutions that work for everybody. We need streets that are safer for everyone. And, and Libby, I agree with you. Um, you know, it's about intersections are always points of conflict. You've got a ton of different modes going through there, whether it's drivers, pedestrians, cyclists, uh, people seniors with walkers, strollers. So the the risk for conflict is higher. Um, making sure that we have intersections cleared and that we have a clear demarcation of who has the right of way and where they're going, that that really helps. So part of this was also installing additional Head Start pedestrians, which have which have made an impact because, you know, the pedestrian gets a chance to get out into the intersection first so that they're more visible to the drivers um, and you, you have a better sense of when, when it's safe uh, to make that turn. But I, I think you're right. Um, you know, we have to have better uh, signal priority at our intersection so that we can make them clear and so that everybody has a good understanding of who has the right of way and when it's safe to proceed. Okay. Uh, let's take a couple of calls. We've got Bill in East York. Hi, Bill. Hi. Hi, Bill. How are you doing? I'm good, Brad. Uh, congratulations on being elected. You're my, actually my counselor. So, uh, Beautiful. But, Thank you. Uh Every time I turn around, it just seems the answer is to spend more money on it. Mm-hmm. The bike lanes on Woodbine are a disaster. The cars are now physically parked out in the street. You've mm-hmm. got a hydro pole. You've got cars parked out. You're actually visually impaired from seeing what's coming. Yeah. Uh, down at O'Connor and Woodbine, they went and they revamped that whole corner. It used to be a yield, so people uh-huh. coming along O'Connor could continue going on a red light when the way was clear. Uh-huh. It's no longer a yield now. Uh-huh. So basically, traffic uh, plugs up. And the speed, you're absolutely right. The speed is the problem. But all these impairments that you guys put out there frustrate drivers. That uh-huh. increases their aggressive driving. And right down here on Cosburn, Looking across the park, I've asked year after year to have somebody come down there with a radar, and it's not the 200K an hour guy. It's the guy doing 60, 65 in the 40, coming along in front of a park where the road bends and nobody can see. And you know what? Nobody acts upon that stuff. It's just more lights, more speed bumps. 
Yeah, I, I appreciate your frustrations, Bill, and uh, thanks for the comments. Um, Woodbine is something that, uh, you know, of course, has been uh, a challenge in the community, and I think you're right. Like, the sight lines have been challenging. Uh, we have been making moves to improve that um, with respect to uh, the cars and the parking situation to make sure that everybody has a kind of clear sight lines. The particular intersection that you're speaking about uh, at O'Connor and Woodbine, um, that's actually just what Libby was mentioning. Um, the approach there was to have a signalized green light phase for right-hand turns. And, uh, you know, there's been mixed feedback uh, from drivers and, and, and different different neighbors, but I think for sure it makes it safer because it's those sort of, from a transportation design perspective, what we want to move away from is those rolling red-hand turns or those yields where you're kind of, your attention is actually looking to the left while you're making a right-hand turn because you're looking for traffic that's coming at you and you're just kind of rolling through the intersection. And that's where we have challenges with seniors and folks who are trying to cross the street because uh, the driver's attention is actually focused the other way. So the signal Signalized phase for the for the turn on the right hand light is an important uh, measure to make sure that again we have really made it very clear when vehicles are proceeding, when pedestrians are proceeding, and uh, we're trying to eliminate those conflicts. Okay, Paul in Etobicoke. Hi, Paul. Oh, hi, Libby. Um, I, I I drive along uh, about for the past three days screaming at the radio. <laughs> <laughs> And that is why I, I, I just wanted this chance to say my piece because I'm a courier. I'm driving all the time. And um, I bump into so many knotheads. It's not just a high rate of speeding. That takes place at my place, Eglinton and um, Eglinton and uh, Martin Grove is where I live. And let me tell you something. Two o'clock in the morning, they're just screaming that kilometer to the highway through the, through the green light. It's unbelievable. But that's rare. The thing is, if the other, I believe I I agree with the other guy who says it's a sixty-five seventy who mm-hmm. in a forty. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the speeding problem. But you know what? The speed limit was lowered to forty to get rid of pedestrian fatalities and problems with pedestrians getting hit. Now they want to lower it even further. Doesn't that tell you that it's not about the speed? The speed didn't work. It's pedestrians who are crossing the street mid-street, like you were talking about before, too lazy to walk five minutes to the light and five minutes back. I mean, that's just plain laziness. And I think it's a matter of education, not penalizing drivers, not backing up traffic because everything is slowed down. Crosswalks and lowering the speed would just make traffic worse in Toronto. And my big peeve is people think they have an as of right to turn right on a red light. No, the book says when you, when it's safe to do so. And they just don't do that. Oh, and the other thing was when I was a professional driver driving big big rigs, um, I had to certify every two years or three years, I forget what it was, it was a while ago, with a safety driving course. Why aren't regular drivers to maintain their license mandated to take a safety driving course. They have to do that. Okay, that Paul, way they, Paul. That way they would be educated. Okay, Paul, thanks. I'm going to let uh, Councillor Bradford respond. Thanks for the comments, Paul. A uh, lot of information there. Uh, you know, I, I agree. It's... Um, so th- this is really more looking at the arterial roads where we have sp- speed limits uh, at 60 kilometers an hour. I think that's where we're looking to to make the reductions. It's, it's less so on the, the streets that have already had a reduction. Um, we're definitely targeting that 60 kilometers an hour um, and particularly uh, – uh, outside of the core where some of those speeds get up. But you're right, it's, it's, it's you know, you can put up a 40 kilometer an hour sign, but if someone's driving 60 or 70, like Bill was saying, then uh, then they're not obeying the speed limit. And that's why having the photo radar in place 
uh, and making sure that drivers know if, if you're speeding, you're going to get a ticket. Uh, that's what we need to do. The enforcement is, is a critical part of that. You can put up as many signs as you want, but if we don't have the enforcement, uh, then people aren't going to uh, obey the posted limit. So the photo radar and moving forward with that uh, as the province finalizes those regulations is going to be really important, and, uh, and hopefully we can get uh, safer outcomes. Okay, um, so I know you have to go. Uh, you're going to be having a pop-up to show us what an intersection like that will look at, look like, correct? Yeah, it's not an intersection, but it's a it's a stretch of Danforth, a block there um, from Woodbine to Woodmount. So it's it's a Vision Zero pop-up, and what we're doing, uh, we've asked staff to report back in May on how uh, what this might look like. But we're working with an organization called Eight to Eighty Cities. Really, the idea is if you design a city that works for an eight-year-old and an eighty-year-old, it'll work for everyone in between. And really looking at some of these um, these Vision Zero um, features that can make our streets safer for everyone. So that's uh, that's pedestrian uh, mid-block crossings like we were talking about. Um, that's protected areas for pedestrians, wider sidewalks, uh, cafes, spill-out zones, patios, uh, all that stuff. It also really you know, has an opportunity to enhance businesses. And in places where they've done this, you, you get much more foot traffic through the stores. People feel safer. Um, but we're going to look at doing uh, a weekend pop-up this summer. So it'll just be uh, for two days on Danforth. Uh, but really give people an opportunity to come out to the community, see what some of this stuff looks like, and experience the in a different way. Okay, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.